Oh, let's give that to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Come on, he's worthy to be praised right now. He's worthy to be lifted up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated for just a couple of moments. I know that my, my time clock has already started with some of you. And uh, I won't tell who told me, but they said you stand between me and getting something to eat. And uh, so I, I know that that is, is vitally important. And uh, what an honor and a privilege it is uh, to be here tonight uh, with all of you uh, great folks. And uh, just honored by the invitation to be able to speak tonight. And uh, thankful for, for what is going on in the kingdom of God. Amen. If the, only, if the only thing you see is your four walls and no more, there is a great big kingdom out there that's being built all around the world. And I'm thankful that we are attached to something that's not just in what I can see, but there is tremendous revival happening all over the world. Amen? All over the United States of America, all over the world, there's great revival. Matter of fact, right now there are people being filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized. There's Bible studies being taught right now. There are miracles happening right now. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Amen. There is a great work being accomplished. Thank you, Brother Traxel, and to your team for the invitation to be here. I am always honored to stand in the pulpit, and it's not something I look forward to. I told them today that I never wanted to preach. I never wanted to pastor. I was... I, I, I'm a drummer at heart, and uh, that'd be fine with me to be stuck over there. Uh, but man, when God gets a hold of you, you know you can't do but what He wants you to do or either live a miserable life. And uh, so maybe that was a word for somebody. It's time to get up and get going. God's got something for you to do. Amen? Amen. Just honored to be here. Thank you uh, to this great church, to my friend, Brother Voskis, Sister Voskis, our dear friends to us, Ellie and Kate. We love them so much. And I didn't recognize the girls on the platform tonight because they've all of a sudden turned into 20-something-year-olds. And uh, I'm used to Kate and Ellie, you know. But man, just love them so much. Love this great church. When you walk into this building, you know you're a part of something uh, that is great. And you just feel that tradition here. And uh, just kind of a cool thing. My grandfather, uh, Brother Mays, helped lay the, the brick on the... Uh, if not the original building, one of the buildings on this property, I guess back in the 60s, maybe 50s and 60s. And uh, I think it's kind of neat that all these years later, his grandson is standing down here and uh, our dear friends that are here. And I just, just love this church, love its history. I give honor to Bishop and Sister Wilson. And uh, there are not two finer folks on the planet than Bishop and Sister Wilson. And this is, this is actually the first public event that I'm able to call him my pastor. And uh, my dad uh, went on to be with the Lord uh, now on Father's Day of this year. That's been 15 or 16 weeks ago now. And the Lord uh, laid it on my wife's heart. And uh, she said, you need to find the spiritual covering. And I went to prayer and I prayed, was praying about this on a Sunday morning at church and literally, literally 30 seconds after I got finished Bishop Wilson called me and I said, well Lord, there's my answer right there so I love you so much Bishop you mean the world to me and to our family and uh, just honored, honored to stand where you have stood so many times, amen 
What great stuff we've heard today. And if you weren't here today, man, I'm going to tell you what. And uh, these people that are running this thing, and, and man, I told them today I was, I was like a, out of place like a piano at a Church of Christ convention. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing standing with these people. And uh, Brother Snitzer today is literally unbelievable. The stuff that flows out of him, it's just incredible. I want to grow up and be like him so bad. And it's just amazing that all of that information, of course, he's given himself years to this. And I'm just thankful for his influence on us and the assemblies of Lord Jesus Christ, but also the kingdom of God. Just thankful for that. Then Pastor Vasquez today just dropped information on us. Then Pastor Vickers today just, oh man, just awesome. Absolutely awesome. And uh, just thankful for all of the wisdom. And uh, thank you for being at church on a Friday night. If you'll stand with me, uh, give honor to Bishop and Sister Porterfield. Uh, uh, we love the Porterfields. Amen. And if I had time, if Brother Vasquez had not threatened me with time and a burger, I would have Brother Pastor Jay to sing. But uh, he'll probably do that tomorrow. And I love him so much and honored to be teamed up with him uh, this weekend. My wife is here. She's my biggest supporter. And I love and appreciate her so much. And God has taken two broken people and uh, broken uh, lives and headed in directions that we didn't think there was an answer. And God has kind of molded us and forged us together. And you will not meet a person that loves souls more than that little lady right there. And uh, she is, matter of fact, our first call when we were headed down here yesterday, uh, or last night we was headed down here, her first call was to a girl that got out of prison on Wednesday. Her name is Shapara. Uh, my wife taught her a Bible study. She's been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. She got out of prison on Wednesday. And we were FaceTiming her on the way down here. And uh, my wife loves souls, loves prison ministry, loves broken people because she's been broken. And uh, you, you, can't, you can't get in the ditch with people if you've never been in the ditch. Amen. If you, you, listen, some of you that's got perfect lives, God bless you. We thank you for your time and service. But we are living in a day and time where there are no perfect families anymore. There are no perfect little white fences around little houses and perfect kids. We got a messed up world. And we got to have a church that's not afraid to get in dirty, get bloody, get messed up. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13. I will read just a couple of verses. Uh, I've already started my clock up here, Brother Vasquez, so you will be, you'll be okay. Matthew 14 and 13. When Jesus heard of it, this was the beheading of John the Baptist, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof they followed him on foot out of the cities and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick verse 15 and when it was evening his disciples came to him saying this is a desert place and the time is now past send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals but Jesus said unto them they need not depart, give ye them to eat. Here's where the trouble come in. Verse 17, they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And verse 18, Jesus don't even bat an eye. He said, he said, bring them 
hither to me. Bring them hither to me. That will be my subject tonight. Bring them hither to me. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for all of your blessings. Thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we have already felt, the information that we have already received. Now, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come and just help us and minister to us, speak to us, encourage us, oh God. Lift someone up that is struggling tonight, we pray. God, we give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Can we give this praise team and musicians just a great job? Always, just first class, all the time. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I think it goes without saying, and uh, if, you're, if, if there's another person in your, uh, in your circle at the time, or if you're in a, a crowd this size, or, or it doesn't matter. Whenever there is people around, there's going to be trouble. Whenever there is individuals standing around you, you can mark it down that somebody in that circle, no matter the size, if it's one, two, five, five hundred, five thousand, there are going to be someone that is going to have some issues going on in their life. And uh, we have to be discerning of that and also very aware of that. I'm gonna step out tonight on faith. Man, you think I'm gonna be a TV preacher when I make this statement. Things go better when we take them out of our hands and put them in God's hands. Doesn't matter what you're dealing with tonight, what you're facing, what the difficulty is, it doesn't matter. Things are going to always go better as soon as you get them out of your hands and put them into the hands of God. Amen. No matter what you are, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, uh, any time that you hold on to it, you are going to try to figure it out. You're going you're gonna to stress over it. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna weep over it. You're going to cry over it. One of the greatest feelings in the world is when you feel the relief of handing something to the one that can take care of the situation. I'm glad tonight that I know we serve a God that it doesn't matter what I put in his hands. It doesn't matter how bad it is, how messed up it is, how dirty it is, how bloody it is. Anytime I put it in his hands, everything is gonna be all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, uh, no stressing is gonna fix it. No getting overcome with fear and worry is gonna fix it. No, no, no matter how many times you write it out, Brother Vickers, you get out your yellow pad and you try to make the money add up. Doesn't matter how many times you try to figure, the, figure it out on a Sunday night after you've preached your guts out and people stared at you like you were crazy. Doesn't matter how messed up the family is. You bring it to Jesus and every single time it is gonna turn out better in his hands than it is in your hands. Hallelujah, such was the case in Matthew chapter 14. The text says that Jesus took a ship into the desert and when the people heard it, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And uh, we know that when we read throughout scripture that wherever Jesus went, that ought to be a, a principle and a testimony to us that if we are followers of Jesus, wherever Jesus, this little side note here, wherever Jesus went, he was always followed by a crowd. 
Is anybody following you? Just ask him. Read it. Read it through scripture. He went to the mountains. They followed him. He went to the sea. They followed Everywhere Jesus went. Why? Because something come out of him. Love, compassion flowed out of him. There ought to be love, compassion flowing out of us. That I'll, I'll, I'll preach that somewhere else. Amen. But when Jesus seen, evidently seen their effort when he saw them, the scripture says that he was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. Verse 15, it had been a long day. It had Time had gotten away from them. It was evening time and the disciples tell Jesus, hey, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it's getting late and we're out in the middle of nowhere. These people have walked a long way. They have sacrificed. It's time to send them back home. He's, uh, uh, you, 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 you have to maybe realize that these people are hungry by now. They've been here all day long. Jesus responds in verse 16. He said, there's no need to send them away. He said, we have to give them something to eat. The response from his disciples seems legitimate to me. In verse 17, they said, all we have is five loaves and two fish. Their response was not out of line. It was not a lack of faith. There were, many, there were many times that we have been in these same situations that what we are in possession of right now is simply not enough. Amen. They weren't speaking with a lack of faith. They weren't, they weren't casting doubt on the situation. They were looking down at what they possessed and then they were looking up and seeing the crowd and they said, what we have in our hands is not enough. Some of you know what I'm talking about right now. When we get challenged to win the world, we get challenged to win our cities, we get challenged to even win our communities. We look around at what we have. We, we do have a little bit of something, but what we have doesn't match the job that is required. Amen? So, so, so I don't want us to feel bad about being honest. I don't want us to feel bad. It's, it doesn't make us bad people that when we step up on a Sunday morning, maybe some of you that are planting churches and, 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 and digging out works, when you look around, you see three or four people, you, you see a piano on the platform and that's all you got. You don't have a Sunday school superintendent. You don't have a big, a big offering coming in and you look down and say, God, I know that this community needs to be fed, but this is all we have, that, that we don't have a lot. We don't have much in our possession. It's not that I am doubting what, what we have or what we can do. It just in all reality, we don't have enough to feed the needs of the people that are sitting in front of us. They've seen the need, 5,000 men plus the women and children. And what we have on hand was not enough to feed five. You know how we get after an all-day church service. 
You know how, how we get just after one service on a Sunday morning. I, I mean, we looking to eat, we, we, and it was no different. Where'd you think we got all this from? These people were hungry. Jesus been preaching all day, been teaching all day. These were hungry people, and they said, listen, there's not enough here to feed half of your disciples. Must let 5,000 people, but here's how good Jesus is. Jesus did not respond to them with a scolding. Jesus didn't look around with a mad face embarrassing his followers Jesus didn't call them out in the front of the crowd Jesus simply responds bring them hither to me Amen. I love Jesus. I love how he treats us, how he responds us. He didn't look around and say, where is your faith? How dare you embarrass us in front of all of these people? Jesus looked around and said, they're doing the best they can. They are being honest. Matter of fact, I can see all they have is five loaves and two fishes. Jesus just simply said, don't worry about what you have. Just bring it to me. If you can just bring what you have and give it to me in their hands. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. In their hands, what they could see with their natural eyes was not enough to feed the crowd. But Jesus was letting them know, take what you have in your possession and transfer it into my hands. The natural is about to turn into the supernatural. If I can speak a word to somebody in this room right now, don't be intimidated by what you have in your possession. If you can just get it into the hands of Jesus, everything is gonna be all right. Hallelujah. I know you're looking down and what you have is not much. Maybe the building, maybe we'll only see Maybe it'll only seat about 50, but yet your community is 50,000. Maybe you're looking down at the offering pan and, and the offering pan is barely enough. I remember when my dad first come to Nashville and, 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 and my grandfather had left Clarksville, didn't leave Clarksville, but come from Clarksville to Nashville and planted a, planted a church there and my parents and uh, me and my brother came there just a, just a year later and we didn't have a building. We didn't have nothing. We 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 were we were meeting in a in an old uh, it was an old rundown community center, if I'm not mistaken. And my dad said the 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 ring and the and the echo was so bad that they're still having revival there now. <laughs> and we didn't have nothing. My dad worked a full time job. I think there was twelve or thirteen people the first Sunday that we were there. We, we got up to where we got out of that old place and we was renting the Avondale Baptist Church on Ewing Lane in Nashville. They were so kind to us. We had a Sunday afternoon service. The rent was $125 a month and my dad would stress over $125 a month. This was in like 1979, 1978, 79. I, I'm here to let somebody know tonight, listen, we don't all start like this right here. Some of you are looking around and you don't have anything. Some of you are looking at the bank account and it's it's got some zeros in it. Some of you are looking for Sunday school teachers and there are none. You're looking for musicians and there are none. You're looking for a youth director and there is not one. Jesus 
Jesus is not embarrassed by you. He's not upset with you. He's not going to scold you. He's not going to throw you away. I'll tell you what Jesus is going to say. Just bring what you have and put it into my hand. If you just get here on Sunday morning and just open up the church doors, I'm going to start sending people in that are going to be able to. It won't be but just a few weeks. Hallelujah. It ain't going to be but just a few days. God's going to start turning some things. God's going to start working some things on your behalf. So what he was letting them know, he said, take what you have. Take what Jesus will never ask you to give what you don't have. Amen. He'll never ask you to do more than what you can do. He said, but if you'll just take what you have out of your hands and put it into my hands, there's about to be a miracle. Bring what what you have. I know in your eyes it's not enough. And in your hands it's not enough. But if you're willing to be obedient and take what you have and simply give it to me. Hallelujah. In my hands, it's not enough. I'm going to hammer this point for just a moment. In my hands, it's not enough. But if I can get what I have, and here's the thing, I know it's not enough. I know that what I have in my possession is not enough, but into get it into his hands. Listen, the miraculous is about to take place before our very eyes. In his hands, it always ends up with more than enough. In my hands, it's not enough, but in his hands, it's more than enough. Come to encourage some pastor tonight some pastor's wife tonight get what you have and put it in his hands I know it looks like that you're going to come up short but something miraculous happens in the transition I know you don't know when it happens I know we don't know the moment it happens or the second it happens but the moment I'm willing to change from me and give it to him there is a miracle in the transition there is a miracle in the giving there is a miracle when you get it out of your hands and put it in his hands. Here's what the old devil does to us. Oh, you ain't got enough. What are you doing? What are you doing? You don't you don't have enough. Don't don't advertise. Don't advertise that church. That church is a rinky dink little little nothing. Don't don't be advertising you're having revival. You you you, you ain't you ain't got no you ain't got no musicians. You, your sound system sounds like garbage. You you still you ain't got no screen like that. You still putting up with the what they call that old thing. What was it? Yeah, we, we used to have a little filing cabinet on the platform and somebody had to be quick on their feet over there. They had to find the song and put that baby up on the wall. You may still be doing that when people talk about musicians. You're thankful you have an accordion. Amen. When you look around, you know that what you have, it doesn't seem like it's going to fit this generation, but it's not what you have. It's what God can do with what you have. Oh, hallelujah. I've come to encourage somebody tonight. Get what you have into the hands of Jesus. Get what you have into the hands of the almighty God. There's a miracle about to take place. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I, I, I know tonight that what I will say, I will not say anything new that nobody's ever heard, but when I was studying out, I felt like the Lord just really laid this in my heart, in my spirit. I'm, some, I'm sure that some of you have already preached this, but let me, let me have it for just a second. This is going to help somebody. It takes faith to stretch forth what you know is not enough. Now anytime the pocketbook is full, we can give. Anytime, any, oh yeah, come on now. Anytime, anytime that, that there's an overabundance or an excess of whatever it may be, it's easy to stretch forth and give it them. But when you are stretching forth what you know is not enough, you are acting in faith. Hallelujah. You take what you know is not good enough and you put it in his hands. You know that your calling is not enough. You know that your talent is not enough. You know that you don't have the education of others. You know that your gifting will only take you so far. There's not enough money. There's not enough talent. There's not enough, oh, there's not enough people. But let me tell you, there's, there's some faith in what I'm about to give. There's some faith in me stretching forth what I know on the inside is not enough. You got to shut the mouth of the adversary when the devil says, don't you go up there. Don't you embarrass yourself. Don't you... The old devil will tell you, you don't have what they have. See, you ain't got, no, 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 devil. What I have is just a little bit. But if I can get it into God's hands, he's going to take this nothing and he's going to turn it into something. Hallelujah. All we see is a crowd sometimes. All we see is the lack sometimes. Anybody been there? All we see is the lack. About a year ago, I got a call of a church up in Clarksville, Tennessee. My grandfather started this church, and I know that I'm online tonight. I'll be careful with what I say. My grandfather started this church in 1960. It was the church that my mom and dad got married in. It was the church that I was born into. It was the church I received the Holy Ghost at at age 12. My brother the same night, age 10, baptized in the baptistry that my grandfather built with his own hands. My grandparents' house is next door to the church. I was literally raised on the property there. I got a call about a year ago saying, listen, there's been some transition and we're wondering if maybe you could come up here and help us for just a little bit. And I promise you, I promise you, I'm not looking for another, another pulpit to fill. I'm not looking for another church. To, I, I promise you that. I, I, am, I am crazy. I work a full-time job. Monday through Thursday, I work a full-time job. I pastor the church that my dad turned over to me 10 years ago. The opportunity come, and we said, yes, and we'll, we'll come up there. We'll see what we can do. We walked in. I believe the first service, there's probably 10 or 12 of us. No musicians, no Sunday school teachers, a big old building, thank God, that is paid for, thank God for that. But when I looked around, I was like, what in the world am I doing? What in the world are we doing? 
Well, why in the world would we take this on? But every time we pull up into the parking lot, we feel like God is doing something, that God is working, that God, I looked around and I preached this message to myself many times. When I leave church in Nashville, service at 9.30, service at 10.30, I get out of church on Sunday. This is nothing about me. I'm just telling you the reality. I rush out of the church, man. I struggle with getting around and hugging everybody and shaking hands because at 2 o'clock, I'm still 45 minutes away at 2 o'clock we're going to start service in Clarksville Tennessee with some people that are in need of revival we walk into that building it's our responsibility to play the piano every single service my wife and my daughter is, is two, makes up half of the praise team there's not very much you're looking around saying God what in the world are we doing what in the world is this purpose that was a year ago two weeks ago on a Sunday we had 63 people in attendance in a little church that people said would never do anything that it was going to dry up and die but God said I know it doesn't look like much son but if you'll just put this in my hands I believe that everything is going to work out I believe the building's going to be filled in Jesus name I believe the Sunday school classes are going to be filled in Jesus name I Come on, preacher. Come on, pastor. Come on, youth leader. There's better days ahead. It may look like we're lacking right now, but turn it over to him. Put it in his hands. God can do more. Now, y'all gonna think I'm crazy, but I preach this, I say this. I tell the church in Nashville, I tell the church in Clarksville, there's gonna be a police officer out here getting the traffic out on Sunday afternoon. There's gonna be so many people coming on this campus. We're gonna have to have multiple services during the week. But look at it right now. It doesn't look like much. I ain't worried about what I have right now. I'm worried about what God's gonna do. I, oh, I'm thankful for what God. God gets a hold of it. Come on, this is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Give what you know is not enough without being intimidated by those watching around you. I've come to preach to somebody's faith. I've come to preach to somebody's faith. It may be down and out right now. Set your faith up on the platform. Set your faith up on the pew beside you. Hear the word of the Lord, oh faith. God's got bigger things for us. God's got greater days for us. Our best days are not behind us. Our best days are in front of us I know you're tired but keep on preaching I know you're tired but keep on singing I know you're wore out but keep on praising God is about to take this and he's about to perform the miraculous Come on, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil tell you just give up, throw in the towel, shut this place down. Oh no, devil, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. We're about to see the greatest revival that we've ever seen in the world. Come on, preacher. Don't you see what's going on around us? Yeah, I see it. It's the greatest opportunity of revival the world has ever seen. Come on, church. If the world's getting worse, then the church ought to be getting better. If the church is going down or the world is going down, the church ought to be going up our best days. 
Come on, there's gonna be some people that's gonna make fun of you. There's gonna be somebody that'll comment the obvious. Some will shake their head in disbelief. Don't they know that that, oh Lord, have mercy. This is the spirit that I have faced in the last year. Don't you know that's a burnover field? Don't you know that's at the burnover city? Don't you know that that church has a stigma? Don't you know that there's been bad things said about that church? But I'm gonna tell you what the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's still good seed in the ground. He said, we're not, listen, listen to me. We ain't looking for a new piece of property. You know what a farmer does? I'm not a farmer. But you know what a farmer does when he has last year, it's a bad time, it's a bad harvest. The farmer don't put up a for, for sale sign and say, I gotta go find another piece of land. That farmer goes back out in faith again and says, I tilled it last year and it didn't reap much. But guess what? I'm gonna reap in faith. I'm gonna sow in faith. I'm gonna till in faith. They may have knocked on the doors before, but we're gonna knock on them again. They may have had revival before, but we're gonna have revival Revival again. God can do more if you'll just put it in His hands. Oh, you can't have revival in that town. You can't have revival in that community. You can't have revival in that school. You can't do nothing there. That's an old burnover field. Oh, no. I look at it as an opportunity for the miracles of God. Hallelujah. Come on, there ain't no money in that town. That's all right. You don't know my God. Oh, come on. That's that, that community's eat up with drugs and, and people people don't want to. No, 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 no. You don't know my God. God takes the worst among us. God looking around. He's looking for the most messed up. He's looking for the most bruised. He's looking for the most beat up community. The most run down part of town. He said, you put me in there for about five minutes. Put, put a tent up there and we'll see what happens. Go into the prison. We'll see what happens. Just start a prayer meeting. We'll see what happens. You're taking it out of your hands and putting it into God's. Here's one of the tactics of Satan. If you'll just give me a few more minutes, I'll be finished. One of the tactics of Satan is this. He'll have you concentrating on what little you are in possession of rather than who you are giving it to. If Satan can get us focused more on our problems rather than the problem solver, if Satan can have you embarrassed by your offerings, if Satan can intimidate you because you can't give what that one is giving. Satan will always do his best to talk you out of the simple commands of Jesus. Amen? Come on, that wasn't some, that wasn't some great statement that Jesus made when he said, bring them hither to me. There wasn't angels singing and fire coming down from heaven. He just made a simple statement, bring them hither to me. Some people are looking for some, I don't know, you're looking for some Shekinah moment where the skies break open and angels come down on white horses blowing trumpets and 
and all kind. Oh, if, if this is going to happen, then it's going to have to be something great. No, I'll tell you how God works. Every Sunday, you just be consistent. Every Wednesday or Tuesday, you just be consistent. You keep putting a little bit of seed in the ground. It is the law of God that what you put down in the ground is going to come up out of the ground. But it doesn't look like a lot. Don't worry about what it looks like. This isn't much. Don't worry about how much it is. Just keep putting into the ground. And there's a promise that if you'll put it in the ground and you'll create the right environment and you'll water it, it will come up out of the ground. Hallelujah. Here's a simple command. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. All the people in the room right now that are battling in life, struggles on every side, pain, trials, tribulation, fear, worry, anxiety about the future, depression, mind games. Simple command. Come unto me, all ye, not some of you. I'm speaking to somebody in this room right now that you haven't slept in the last month because the devil is laying on the pillow beside you telling you that your church is gonna go under, that your marriage is not gonna survive, that you're gonna go bankrupt, that you're gonna die with that disease. I speak to you in the Holy Ghost right now. God said you're gonna live. God said it's gonna be okay. God said bring it to me. Simple command. Simple commands. Be salt and light. Neither one of those make a lot of noise. Amen? I was praying one time. I know that comes as a surprise to many. But I was praying one time and I was worried so much I didn't even want to get out of my office and go to the pulpit to be honest with you. There was more hell that had broken out. There was all kinds of mess. I had met with two families that week that saying they were getting divorced. I had met, I seemed like every day I was getting a phone call. You may be seated. It seemed like every day I was getting a phone call about this one ready to quit, this one ready to give up. I mean to tell you what, I was, I was, I was almost ready to quit. And I was in negotiations with God. I was like, Lord, if you'll get me out of here, I'll go to Potts Camp. And I will be... Pastor Bosca's best saint. I will amen him more than that Hughes boy that's down here. I ain't never seen a man that can move his feet like that boy right there. I was negotiating, Pastor Jay. I was like, God, you got to get me out of this mess. You got to help you. I don't know. This is this is too much. This is too much. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And Brother Nate Whitley preached a message here at the Young Deal. But this was this has been a, a two or three years ago now. And, and the Lord just spoke to me. He said, Nathan, I felt like he said, Nathan, you're an idiot, but I don't think he said that. But he did say, son, how many people have I ever asked you to heal? How many marriages can you put back together? How, how, many, how many of these people that are going to come in today do you have the answer for? Amen. So he sat there and smacked me around for four or five minutes and I finally turned around and said, you know what, God? I'm going to just take you up on that. I, I, rather than me worrying, I'm going to just start worshiping. I'm going to start praising. I'm going to start magnifying. So listen to me. Hear me right now. The same mouth that produces a complaint is the same mouth that can produce a praise. 
So it just depends on what you're going to spit out. Are you always going to be talking about what we don't have? How we're not going to make it? How bad everything is? Are you just going to lift up your heads and say, God, I can't fix it anyways. I'm just going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to turn it over to you. And would you believe the audacity of God about an hour and a half later right in the middle of worship service the whole church went up in smoke the whole place went up people dancing people shouting people rejoicing people crying people running the aisles people dancing people in the altar and God said look at there son you didn't cause any of that to happen you didn't heal nobody just put it in my hands Hallelujah. We look at the pews. Somebody will come help me on that piano. Anybody in the building be honest and say we need help. We need help. Anybody in the building will say instead of a great addition, we've had a great exodus. go to some of these conferences sometimes and I leave more depressed than when I got there. Talk about how great everything is. I'm like, my God, I'm doing something wrong. Matter of fact, I, I've, I've been to because of the times so many times I was going to come home and start my own conference called Behind the Times. I was like, there's no way we can keep up with them so I just might as well start one behind. Everybody wants to join in. Everybody that's struggling, come on. We'll, we'll struggle together. Anybody look around right now? Anybody other than me? Be honest and say, say, preacher, I looked around last week and it was just a few of us. I need more teachers. I need more youth workers. I need leadership team. I need praise singers. And we look in the pews and what we see is not enough to feed the needs that's in the building. It's not a lack of faith. It's real. We do not possess enough to feed the people. But one of the greatest feelings you ever have is when you realize that you don't have to do any of it. You don't have to deliver. You don't have to save. You don't have to fix them. It's not on me. God, if these people are going to be fed, it's going to be because of you. Please don't misunderstand me tonight. This is not taking the responsibility away from us we still bear the responsibility to make disciples thank you we still bear the responsibility to teach Bible studies and, and whatever you're knocking on doors if that's your thing small, whatever, whatever it is we still bear the responsibility but when we get down to all that we can do we are still going to look around and say what we've done is not enough but Jesus is looking around saying I already knew that in advance. Here's where the miracle happens. Matthew 14, 18. He said, bring them hither to me. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Now, I wish you could picture this with me. 5,000 people is a lot of people. But that's the only ones we know about. There could have been children. There could have been women there. My dad used to preach 15,000, 20,000. 
Imagine getting the word from the front to the back. There wasn't no sound systems. There wasn't no texting. There wasn't no emergency broadcasting system like we got this week. And haven't been the same since that happened anyways. <laughs> Feel a little tick here or there. But imagine. Now imagine. Go with me for just a second. Start telling the people to sit down. What do you mean sit down? My kids are hungry. It's time for me to start heading home. What do you mean sit down? If you get in a hurry, you are going to miss one of the greatest miracles. Sometimes you just got to wait on the Lord. Lord, I don't understand. I should be leaving. I don't know why you want me to sit. Start making your way through the crowd, James. John, Peter, start making your way through the crowd and tell them to sit down. Because what they are about to experience is going to change their life forever. Not everything can be done while we're running the aisles. Not everything can be done while we're dancing. Not everything can be done while we're shouting and leaping. There's going to be some times in life when you experience the greatest miracles. You're just going to be sitting down and sitting down hungry. But Jesus said, tell them to sit down. Bring it to me. Oh, this is so good. He commanded the multitude to sit on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fishes and he looked up to heaven and he blessed it. He broke it and he gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up fragments that remained 12 baskets. Just a couple of points and I'm done. Notice the transition. Notice the transition. What they gave in faith, he gave back in abundance. If we would be willing to put our lack in his hands, when Jesus gets finished, he's going to give it back to you. You gave it in faith, but he gives it back in overabundance. The text says, here, this just, just blesses me. The text says they gave it to Jesus, but just because you gave it to Jesus doesn't mean you're out of the picture. Amen. They gave it to Jesus. What did he do? He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it. Who did he give it to? Jesus did not feed all the people himself. Sometimes we think when we don't have enough, well, he just marked us out of it. Jesus said, if you'll give it to me, I'll give it back to you. You you still going to get the credit for feeding the people. Come on now. He took it in his hands. He blessed it. He broke it. But then he gave it back to the disciples. Jesus made the disciples a part of the miracle. Lord have mercy. Some of us think that when we give it to him, it's all going to be on him. Oh no. He's going to do what he can do and then he's going to put it back in your hands. It's going to be your hands that feeds the 5,000. Not, not because of what you originally possessed, but what he took and gave back to you. What you... Lord.
Lord God help me what he took looked like a mess but when he started breaking it and started blessing it he made them a part of the miracle God wants you and I to shine in the supernatural God wants to take the talent the gifting, the calling he takes it, breaks it, blesses it and gives what we gave in our natural ability and gives it back with a supernatural anointing Lord have mercy but before God can ever perform the miraculous as we stand together He has to break some things. Bishop McCool preached a great message at McCall's of Times probably 25 years ago. If it ain't broke, break it. If it ain't broke, break it. Because you'll never be a part of the miracle until it's broken. Some of you are trying to do it on your own. Thank God for your gifting. Thank God for your talent. Thank God for all the education. We was at ministry conference, if the singers will come. We was at ministry conference just a few weeks ago. Some of you men were there. You've seen it happen. There was a great panel, an amazing panel discussion there. Dr. Sirstead out of, I believe it's Wisconsin, he started Apostolic Moral Purity, just so educated. And he starts talking, it's just crazy. Uh, the doctor out of, out of Brother Lovelace's church, is it Johnson? Yeah, Brother Johnson, just, I mean to tell you what, it just poured out of him, just poured out of him, poured out of him. Dr. Anthony McCool, he was the one collaborating all this together. And then there was Brother Nate Whitley, who was as educated when it comes to study and all of that. It's just amazing. All these people begin to give their diagnosis, begin to give their tools, and it was amazing. But Brother Nate Whitley took that microphone and he started talking about the Apostle Paul writing in the book of Romans and he got to 6, 7, 8 of the book of Romans and began to preach the word of God and begin to declare the word of God the place went up like crazy it was crazy it was so powerful listen, thank God for your education thank God for your talent I thank God for every talent in this room I thank God for every preacher that can stand with an eloquent voice thus saith the Lord God bless you, thank you for all of that but you will be nothing because you can't feed the people until you give it to Jesus. You take your calling, take your talent, take all of that stuff and put it in his hands. You can't meet the needs of the people, but if you'll let him take you and break you and mold you, he's not gonna take that anointing, he's not gonna take that gifting, he's not gonna take your education, he's just gonna put his spin on it and say, now let's try it again got to get it out of his hands how many wants to be a part of a miracle would you step out of your seats right now how many would like to see things they've never seen before how many want to see revival like we've never seen before how many would like to see a 200 soul revival how many would like to be used in the gifts of the spirit how many would like for that anointing to rest upon you when you take the microphone come on it may not look like you have much right now but if you'll just give it to Jesus here I am Jesus here I am Jesus here I am Jesus if you'll take me I know I don't have a lot to offer I don't have a lot to give but if I could just put it in your hands. Thank you, 
Come on, we're going to minister to one another here for a few moments. I want you to find somebody and lay hands on them. I want you to find somebody. Put your arm around them. You don't know who you're praying for right now. You can be praying for the greatest, the, 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 the greatest missionary that the world has ever seen. You can be praying for a man or a couple that's going to see the greatest revival that Mississippi has ever seen, that Arkansas has ever seen. You can be laying hands on the greatest soul winner. Come on, we may not have enough, but if we can give it to him, Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost for them. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost over them. Come on, pray for that church right now. Pray for that pastor right now. Come on, if you're watching us online right now, let the Holy Ghost touch you right there in your house. If I'm preaching to a pastor tonight that is in despair, you're ready to throw in the towel. Come on, lift up your hands right there in your office, right there in your house and give it to the Lord right now. God, I don't have enough to do this. I can't do this on my own. I can't win this city on my own. God, I'm gonna have to give it. I've gotta give it to you. Come on, lay hands on somebody, pray for them. Pray revival into them. Pray the anointing upon them. Come on, let the Holy Ghost speak through you for just a few moments. Minister to the body right now. Minister to somebody right now. Encourage somebody right now. The adversary is warring against the church, but greater is he that is in us. Come on, pray in the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't let the adversary talk you out of it. Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus, we're going to have revival in Jesus' name. We're going to have souls added to the church in Jesus' name. We're going to have to knock the walls out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Let me say this to you. They're going to sing here in just a second. Let, let me help you. And I, 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 I know I'm not the elder in the room. I'm only 50 years old. I don't say this out of any other place but love in my heart. But preacher, pastor, Sunday school teacher, praise team, anybody, don't underestimate what a move of the Holy Ghost can do. Come on. Don't let us ever underestimate what a moving of the Spirit can do. If we can get the Holy Ghost moving in our churches, 
if we get the Holy Ghost moving behind those prison walls, if the Holy Ghost is moving in that youth class, if the Holy Ghost is moving in that Bible study, God can do more in just a few moments time. God, my God, God can turn the hardest of hearts. Hallelujah. How many in here is involved in prison ministry? It's one of the greatest things you'll ever do in your entire life. Matter of fact, tomorrow, I gotta preach a wedding tomorrow and then we have prison service tomorrow night. I can't wait to get there. It's my favorite place to go. It's my favorite place to preach. And I do like to leave. But tomorrow night, me and my wife's gonna walk in the Tennessee ladies' prison. They're turning them away. Two weeks ago on Sunday night, 70 couldn't get in the building. They turned them away. The, the room is so packed around the walls. You can't even move in the room. There's so many people. Emptiness, brokenness, hurt, wounds. I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. I can't take the addiction away. I can't take all the mess away. I can't take the guilt away. I can't take the depression away. But I tell you what I can do. I can sit there. We don't have much in there. We got a little piano. We sit down at that little piano and we start playing and my wife's gonna start singing about Jesus. You know what we're doing? Lord, when I look at the room, what we have is not enough. But Jesus is saying, if you'll just put this in my hands and continue doing what you know to do, by the time you get done singing this song, there's gonna be tears flowing there's going to be hands lifted there's going to be some speaking in a heavenly language come on just do what you can do wherever God has put you just do what you can do come on lift up your hands all over the building one more time pray that God would honor you where you are right now God you see where we are right now you see the community we're working in right now God you see what we have been given right now God, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, would you empower your church? Empower your people, oh God. Let the miraculous be in the atmosphere. God, I pray for every pastor when he stands in that pulpit on Sunday morning and begins to declare the word of God that, Lord, something supernatural would happen in the atmosphere. Something powerful when singers and musicians stand on the platform and they can only do what they can do. But let the angels of heaven fill up the room and change the atmosphere. God, send your anointing. God, send your anointing. God, send your anointing. God, send your anointing. Come on, would you clap your hands unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord.
Come on, let's lift up our voice and thank the Lord again. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, for a wonderful word that we heard tonight. Thank you, Lord, for inspiring us, Lord. Thank you for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us through the man of God. Thank you for the word of God tonight. Amen. If you were blessed tonight, put your hands together. Love the Lord for that word. is he leveled the playing field for every pastor. He leveled the playing field for every pastor because it does not matter how much you have. It's just whatever it is, you give it to the Lord, he'll bless you with what you give him. Amen. I'm leaving here inspired. I'm leaving here ready to do, go do something great in Clawson, Michigan. And I know each and every one of you are inspired to go back to your own home church and see what God is going to do with what you give him to work with. Amen. I feel so blessed for being here. Every sacrifice you make, every sacrifice you make, every dollar you spend to get to these type of services is well worth it. It's well worth it. And I'm going to encourage you tomorrow. Tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, we have our first session. Be here for that. At our next session, we'll have two sessions tomorrow. And then 12 o'clock, we're here for Brother Michael Yonercheck. We are going to be blessed tomorrow. Uh, and I, I know if you miss it, you're going to miss something great. So come back tomorrow uh, morning and join us uh, as we continue our uh, Missions America Conference here in Potsdam, Mississippi. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray ourselves out of here. Let's pray as we're dismissed ask God's blessings. Lord, we're so thankful today, Lord, for your wonderful word that we heard tonight. Thank you, Lord, for giving the man of God exactly what we needed to hear, spot on, the truth from your word. We ask, Lord, that you bless every saint, every pastor, every member of this organization as they leave here. They might go back home inspired, ready to see great revival. Lord, it's not a matter how much we have, but what we have, we give in your hands. We thank you, we praise you, we honor you for all things. In Jesus' holy and wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. If you're praying, continue to pray. God bless you. Have fellowship in Jesus' name.